Women make up nearly 50% of all gamers, yet only a small percentage of women play esports professionally. It's time to figure out how to change that. The Knights want to empower women to build their esports empire. Along with our partner PNC Bank, we are adamant about creating a more equitable future for gamers. There is no one-size-fits-all solution, so we'll be tackling the issue from all angles, featuring insights from a variety of subject matter experts and professionals. I'm Captain Shields Moon with the Knights. Welcome to the Women in Esports podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the kickoff of season three for the Women in Esports podcast presented by the Pittsburgh Knights and PNC Bank. I am so excited for all of the special guests that we have this season, and we are still looking for who you would like to see come onto the podcast as our guests and what area of expertise that they may offer. So please, please take some time to, you know, drop us a line on Twitter, on Instagram, on YouTube, wherever it is you're tuning in for the show and let us know who you'd like to see. Um, in case you missed it, our last guest, uh, Sayri Keitlin with Full Sail University, really went into how colleges and universities build the esports pipeline, um, specifically what uh, programs and offering Full Sail University has and how women who are looking to get into the space either on the pro or the industry side of things uh, can can make a niche for themselves and make a name for themselves rather um, during their collegiate experience. So I am super excited to introduce our guest for today. I have been internet stalking her for a little bit, which is a little creepy, but it's I'm so, so, so glad that I get a chance to talk to her and you guys get to meet her in this capacity for the podcast. Please welcome, join me in welcoming Verda Maloney. She is the co-founder of The Gamers and co-founder of 45 Lemons. And if you don't know who The Gamers are, then you're in, you're going to learn everything that you need to know right now <laughs> because they're an amazing organization. I have so much love for them. Welcome to the show, Verda. <laughs> Thank you so much, Kat. I'm super excited for this conversation um, and the time that we get to spend together and that I have a, such an amazing lurker in my midst. Lurk, lurking will be no more. Now I'm just going to be like, hey, Verna, hey, what's yes. going on? Oh, I'm so excited. You can see me everywhere Yay. now. It's going to drive you crazy. But I love we it. We have so many great, I have so many questions for you and I really want to get through them all. So I'm going to dive right okay. in. Um, so I, for folks that watch the show, they always know I start with this question, and that's what brought you into the gaming industry? So I think the gamers brought me in because of community. And I would say that my children brought me in because they've been gaming their whole entire lives and all as long as I've known them. And um, and then prior to that, it was, I would say that it was arcades that brought me in. And so um, I'm totally like... Um, grew up on arcades and Ms. Pac-Man and, and watching other people play mostly because I was so nervous to get in or waiting for them to stop playing so I could play without people watching how bad I was. And, and most recently with the gamers, um, that was an idea that Heather brought to me. She's one of my co-founders and was just having a conversation. She was at a meeting and they were talking about, oh, all these things that were going to happen in esports. This is like four years ago. And there was like maybe she was one of a handful of women in that room. Um, and so we talked more about that and we said, well, we know that women have to be somewhere in the gaming and esports space. Um, why aren't they in this room? Um, and just started investigating that. And my background is a lot of just like bringing communities together, working with um, um, those that the system historically marginalizes. And so here we are in a situation where what happens in the real world, in the outside the gaming world and all of that, we see it replicated here. And so just a desire to elevate, amplify, empower, um, and get the voices of women in gaming, women in esports um, out there was really the impetus for me to to become a part of, officially become a part of the industry. I don't know, that's awesome. I love it. And people's reasons for getting into this space are so varied and wonderful. You know, whether it's, mm -hmm. I was always gaming or, you know, I kind of game, but didn't, my kids got me into it. You know, my parents got, my parents were the ones that got me into gaming, believe it or not. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so oh, I love it. I just, I, I know me too. It's just, everybody's <laughs> story is so different. It's, it's yeah. always a question worth asking. 
So exactly. you went into how um, Gamers was co-founded a little bit, but for those mm -hmm. that don't know, and shame on yeah. you if you don't know, but now you're going to be educated mm -hmm. about Or welcome. Welcome to the fam. <laughs> now you know. Oh, now there you we know. go. <laughs> <laughs> what does Gamers do? Like, yeah. what, what is the core pillars of your organization? Um, first and foremost, we're community. We are a place for women and femme identifying gamers um, and women and those that are femme identifying in the industry um, to come and find a place that feels like home and where you can bring all the stuff that you, gaming brings us together and then all the other things. You love talking about pets, we're gonna have a place for you to talk about pets. You wanna grind on your game, we're gonna have people that are here to help you do that. Um, so first and foremost, we're a community. Um, and then with that, because our goal is to elevate and amplify the voices of women, femme identifying folks in gaming, we have media, media platforms. So we create content across all platforms and all of, you know, I would say 99% of our content is by um, those that are not cis men, you know, in the world. And so that's who we're elevating and amplifying. And then we have a lot of, um, and then we're, we're a brand, right? So we see ourselves as a brand that people want to be aligned with in the world um, because we are trying to make space for those that are not often having a space in games and in the gaming industry. Um, mm -hmm. So I think I answered the question. Uh, yeah, we'll talk more about all those things. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, no, I'm such a fan, I love it. Um, but something I didn't know until I went digging was some of the other uh, work that you do. So I've noticed you do a lot of mm -hmm. activist work. Can you tell us more about that and your role as co-founder of 45 Lemons? Like what else is there yeah. to Verna Maloney? It's like, there's so much um, and yet so little. No, I'm just joking. Um, <laughs> I think it's like, it's. I, I actually think I'm at a place in my life where all of the things that I've done my whole life have, are kind of coming together. And and mm -hmm. I say this to anyone that's out there that wants to, whatever you wanna pursue, you are the special sauce. Like you are the primary ingredient. And so sometimes people feel like they can only do one thing because that's traditionally what we think. Okay, I have to go get this job and that's what I'm gonna focus on. The thing is that you have to find the places and spaces where you can do all of the things that you love. And so, 45 Lemons, um, I do work around the country and I've done work around the globe. Now with the pandemic that happened, it opened up uh, boundaries a little bit or borders, if you will, um, around anti-racism and anti-oppression. And I've done that ever since I could probably form a thought about what it meant to be a black girl in the world, right? And so um, I've just always been thinking about what it means to be a black woman, to be a black girl, um, and then how do I create and use all of the things that I have access to to create space for those coming after me. Um, and even just fighting for those alongside me and with me at the time. And so ever since, you know, college and um, it's funny to, to hear the term activist used for me because I wouldn't, I would just say it's just what I do, right? It's mm -hmm. just like, and I didn't even have a term for it. And I think like how, or I know how it connects with the work at the Gamers is that, again, I'm in a space where, you know, there are times where we are, and you know this, Kat, like you go into a room and you're the only woman. You might be the only, um, for me, the only black woman in the room, maybe the only black person, right? And yeah. that, you know, and that's like not the goal. Like that's not what I want to do. And so how <laughs> how do we create more space? Because it's, it's not all rooms that are like that. And when we think about like there are stats out there that, um, what I, I think there's something like 85% of teenagers, black teenagers play video games. That And that 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 percentage is the largest for all demographic groups, yet you don't see that reflected when you right. see an esports team, or you don't see that reflected when um, you, when, you know, Twitch puts out their list of the top gaining or earning streamers, or you don't see that represented, or when you look at game dev studios, right? And things like that. And so I see quite a connection to the work that I have always done in the world and how I bring that to the space that is gaming. No, that's, that's some powerful stuff. And I, I'm right there with you when you're looking around like, is anybody else? I'm the only one. Okay, <laughs> here we go. There we go. So much is lost, you know, when, when, yeah. when you find yourself in situations like that, especially in kind of speaking and presentation roles, because 
I am not the sum all representation of every exactly. black woman in gaming. Like there's so many exactly. different perspectives and exactly. experiences, right? Mm -hmm. so, and it's beautiful. And it's, it's, mm -hmm. it's a beautiful, and it's a beautiful thing that people are missing out on. And I say this to say that right. as the gamers, we are not the first to do this, right? We come in and on the, um, you know, alongside and almost like with you know, organizations like Black Girl Gamers, like Melanin Gamers, like, um, you know, Queer Women of Esports. Like there's these, there are these organizations that have um, Wiggy, Women in Games, like there's all these organizations that have been doing some really amazing things and still they're not even as elevated and amplified as they need to be, right? And so how do we, how do we just like do that collectively? Um, is just, it's part of, part of, I feel like why I'm here. Mm, I love it. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, in talking to you and so many others, I don't know why it just clicked. I was today years old when I realized this, <laughs> um, that access and education and advocacy, you know, the work that those organizations mm -hmm. that you just named are doing is a form of activism. There is an yes. activist movement that is happening in the gaming and esports space to make it more accessible and more equitable for people. Um, you know, just for those that don't have a voice yet, or isn't as loud mm -hmm. as it should be in the space to be heard. Yeah. And this is especially true for women in esports. So I'd yeah. like to, to dig into that just a little bit. So mm -hmm. in your opinion, if you had to select like one thing, and we know it's multiple things, but one big mm -hmm. thing that's preventing gaming and esports from being a truly welcoming space for women, what would you, what would you say? Can I say two? Yes, yes, you could say too. Okay. <laughs> okay. So I <laughs> had to get permission first. So the first I would say is um, believing the lived experiences of women. So, and when I say that, I think that there's often a pause or I didn't experience that or I've never seen that when something is named, whether it is... Um, a bad experience or getting passed over for something or saying that I'm feeling, you know, this anxiety in this moment, like believe women, like that's just the bottom line. And I think that too often there, there, you don't. And when I say you don't, it's not even outright saying, I don't believe you. Sometimes it's the questions that you ask us or mm -hmm. the assumptions that you make. Um, so if, you know, I've, I've been in spaces and in a room where someone will say, where I will name that, there's a large percentage of women that actually play that game. Well, I don't, you know, and a man will say, well, that's not true. I've never seen them. Uh, okay. <laughs> there's two reasons. There's a lot of reasons for that, but some of it at the competitive level, if we're getting all the way to esports, it's because they've been ticked off all the way along. One, because people didn't believe them when they said they were going through something that was preventing them from wanting to continue to play the game. So that's number one. Um, and then the second is, um believing and then two is it's not it not putting all of the burden on women to solve this problem mm. so like flipping that like we actually need um and i it does um in this work there are sacrifices and it feels like a sacrifice to those that have always had it but if you are given an opportunity to speak at something and you are a um or an opportunity to play a certain game like are you asking as a man are there other women that could do this with me? Are you bringing women along for that? Are you having them be in the room? Are you doing those things? Because women are doing that for each other. <laughs> it's just, I just think, you know, the thing is that, but that second thing is that we actually can't be the only ones that are bearing the burden of making this one known and that our truths are known and two, doing something about it. Um, and there's lots of things that you can do about it, right? So one is like provide, like giving the space and saying, hey, if I'm gonna play, then I know this really great person that should be here too, or at least give mm -hmm. them a chance. It could also be stepping in to say something when something has occurred so that a woman doesn't have to do that all the time. So those are the two things. I took up more space than I should have on that one, but. Oh no, there, there is no shortage <laughs> of space here. <laughs> None at all. Um, no, th those are fantastic points. And I'm sitting here like taking notes like, yep, mm -hmm. I feel seen. Mm -hmm. Uh-huh. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, yeah. So I would love to dig into um, the two points you made was believing the lived experiences of women and not putting all of the burden on women to solve the problem. Uh, mm -hmm. How does GameHers uh, 
um, what's the word? Not offset. How does gamers support women through these two things that are mm -hmm. big problems in the industry and on top of some of the other programming that's run through, the, mm -hmm. through gamers? Well, I definitely think the elevating and amplifying them is about the believing, right? So one, first of all, just believing that we're here, like literally <laughs> that we are here. And so we do that through our Gamers Awards. We do that through our content, which we look to our community to actually like write to share experiences. We do career spotlights and we are highlighting and elevating and amplifying women in esports as well as women across the industry, right? So in order to believe it, you have to see it. And it's not yes. just seeing the things that are our negative experiences and the toxic things. Those are true and a part of this whole thing, right? I say that we are humans and so we get to experience complex and myriad of emotions simultaneously. So we can actually elevate and amplify and be like really excited that this woman got finally got, you know, this job and is like doing all the things that they've ever wanted to do at Blizzard Games while at the same time being like totally and utterly disgusted and pissed with what has happened, right? Like within that mm. toxic culture. Um, so I think that that's, that's one way that we're addressing that part of it. And then the other side of it, we're not putting the burden solely on women to solve this. Um, we are looking, the term I use is co-liberators. I don't use allies often. I think ally, and, um, it's a really good friend of mine, Rafi, who, um, they always say like, ally is a verb, like you are, and you have to be doing that. And I think co-liberator is the term I use because if, if if you are helping to elevate and amplify women in this space as a man, let's say, that is also going to help you be elevated and amplified as well. It's also going to help you to just have a better experience, better, um, better competitive experience, a better lived experience. And so just doing it is not because you're doing it for someone else for a woman it's because we're doing this together and this is going to help you and so we have we have like uh, we have a um, I would say a collection of co-liberators. Um, they don't outnumber those who are space centers, but we definitely have men in our space that are um, working with us. They ask us to be um, supporters with them, teachers even with them, right? And mm -hmm. um, and I think that that's important. Um, I will also say that you should, if anyone is teaching you anything, that you should pay them accordingly, like pay them for that service, right? So if you're bringing women in and into roles and asking them, don't just pick our brains, actually do that and, and pay us because it's going to be helping you to be better as well. Um, and so we try to align with, and you know, we've even had to turn some sometimes turn people away because we're like, we don't think you have your act together. And I think mm. that that's an important thing to say, right? Like that you're not actually about this, and we're not. We don't want to just be about checking off boxes. And so I think it's finding some people in the industry that are really about it. And and um, like we have some exciting things happening. We're doing some things with um, Dallas Fuel and um, just like really figuring out a way to help within the esports ecosystem. You're are they're already there and they have a voice and a, and a platform, and they're helping to use that to do what we do: elevate and amplify women within the space. So. Um, I hope I answered the question at any time that I don't just say, just redirect me. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're perfect. Like that was wonderful. And thank you. So for everybody that's listening, um, women or women identifying, go check out gamers. Like it, they have such a wealth of resources, of communities, of things that you can get involved with, you know, mm -hmm. so if you feel isolated or you feel like you're not heard or seen, you know, that is definitely a place that you can go and call home. Um, yes. So please, please take a moment to go and check them out. So I think one thing that that I always find fascinating is how some organizations, it's like, as you see the finished product or, you know, like where they are now, and it's like, there's no way I can get there. There's no way mm -hmm. I can have the level of impact that gamers has, yeah. but it's a process, right? You know, what mm -hmm. gamers was in 2019 is probably very different than what it is mm -hmm. now in 2022. So yeah. how has um, the organization changed or evolved your approach over the years to better serve your community? You know, just behind the curtain, what mm -hmm. steps or even missteps did you have, you know, to get where you are today with the level of impact that you have on others? So I would say acknowledging it and accepting that you can't be everything to everybody. Um, I think it was really, you know, in this time of wanting to be inclusive and wanting to make sure that everybody has a say and a voice, um, 
that has had to evolve as we have grown in that we have to say that we do center women and women identifying folks and we provide space for our non-binary um, siblings and cousins and friends and legends um, but and at the same time understanding that their lived experience may not um, align with right that all of them may not feel that we are the safest place for them and that we are working to make sure we are safe for everyone, but also making sure that we listen to um, the things that they say that maybe make them feel like they're not, right? And that's really important. Um, it's taking the feedback, it's listening. And um, and so that's, so the first one is that you can't be everything to everybody. And if you're in, intentionally and um, with good faith and with curiosity, intending to be inclusive, you can be a space where just about everyone feels like they can get down and rock with you, right? Like, except for the people that are just like, absolutely not about it. So that's the first thing that I would say. Um, I think that for me, I was later in life that I decided to like lean into being an entrepreneur. I think I've always had an entrepreneurial spirit. However, like starting a business and companies, this has been in the last five to eight years of my life. And I, um, I had to say to myself, even if I mess this up, um, what I learn is going to probably, you know, it's going to mean that I was successful. So like, what am I going to learn from this? And and in that, the, the lesson is be willing to just like kind of take the risks. Don't let perfect be the enemy of like done really well. I don't know. I think that's like Google says that somewhere I'm paraphrasing um, and be flexible. So one of the things, for example, that we had not, not even intended was our app. We never, we didn't come into this saying we're going to build an app. It just wasn't we weren't thinking about that. Like we were thinking about building community. We were thinking about this is going to be a, you know, we were going to do a lot of in-person meetups and then, you know, COVID hits and changes all of that. And one of the things that started to emerge, two of the things that emerged in that process, one was that while there are a lot of community spaces that exist, right? You have, you have Twitter, you have Discord, you have all these things. It didn't always feel like, unless you had your, just like your niche group, you didn't feel like, a lot of women didn't feel like they could be their full selves there, right? Like there was something that felt off and they were like, what if we could socially get together with people that were just like us and didn't mind, or we had a place where we could talk about makeup and people weren't gonna act like, just cause I wanna talk about makeup and I need to have my face beat does not mean that I can't also like kick your ass in this game, right? But right. you know, and so stuff, I'm sorry. I don't know if I'm allowed to curse or not. Oh, no, so that's fine. Like that. Okay, great. So stuff like that started to emerge. And so we we're like, well, and people were saying like, what if we created an app? So we like, we did that. And this was like listening to the, the voices of the community. Um, so we had, that's something like we didn't even expect. And so here we are, we have an app. It's called the Gamers app. We've got like 8,500 people on there. We just launched in November. That's kind of huge. And we're like, oh my gosh. And it's just like good vibes. It's like, just like sometimes you just want a place that you open it up and you just feel good vibes. Um, right. And so that has been really awesome. The second thing that really emerged, and I think that this was obviously a product of, if you hear some howling, that's my puppy, um, <laughs> is professional, just, just work. So one, finding work. A lot of people were being laid off and we found this in our Discord community. It's when our first professional bootcamp was born out of like, I need support on like building a new resume. Um, I just got laid off and I'm looking for work. Um, and then the third was like, I really want to figure out how to break into the gaming industry and mm -hmm. kind of um, pulling back the curtain on any industry is an industry. So you don't, you can be the lawyer, you can be the graphic designer, you can be the HR person and work in gaming. And so that's kind of really like kind of is, is, how our professional boot camp and really thinking about the collegiate space these are things that we're not like if not for listening to our community being a part of the community that we're that we're building and and um and creating with that we wouldn't have known so i think it's all about that those are some of the ways that we've evolved we kind of were like we're going to create a space and like it's going to be great and women are going to get together i'm going to do all these meetups and then all these other branches like have emerged from it um and so be willing to let other human beings be a part of your dream and then take your dream to places that you would never have dreamed for yourself. And that I think is something that we're learning. We have like such an amazing team and we're tiny. People think we're like big as Facebook. We're a tiny, tiny little outfit, but we have some of the most amazing human beings on the planet, I think working for us. And they're just so smart and brilliant. So those are some of the things I would say. Oh, that's perfect. I love that last line. Be willing to let others be a part of your dream and let them take your dreams to places you didn't imagine. 
That should be a t-shirt, a coffee table book, (laughs) everything. Because I think that a large problem with, with esports and the way that it's advancing is that, you know, so many organizations are doing wonderful work, but they're trying to own the entire solution, you know, to solve the equation of diversity. It's like, no, 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 no. siloing and not reaching out and helping each other is not how we're going to get there. We need to band Mm -hmm. together. We need to work with each other. So yes, I love, love, love that quote. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to put it on a t-shirt. Yes. And let me know because I will buy them. (laughs) So I love all of the things that you just laid out. It would be so helpful for anybody that's trying to either establish or grow their own program. Um, Mm -hmm. So one of the things that really stood out to me is the way that you take your community feedback into consideration. And Mm -hmm. authenticity is so, so important when it comes to initiatives that are to help the underrepresented or the overlooked, you know, because mm-hmm. um, even though, you know, you and I would know like what it feels like somebody else might not, or it might be yeah. a different flavor of what we're experiencing. Mm-hmm. So with authenticity playing such a huge part in organizations being able to grow, what methods does gamers take to stay mission aligned with the needs of your community? Like, what does that look like? Is it surveys, polls? Um, it's, yeah, it's definitely those, it's definitely surveys. It's definitely polls. Um, and I think that it's, as I say, it's like listening, but also reading. So we kind of like, we get all up in our stuff, all up in our tweets, all up in the subtweets, all up in the, you know what I mean? And like, kind of just mm-hmm. listening and paying attention to what's happening there. But I would say initially, and we do this a couple times a year, we will send out a big survey and just like, give us some feedback. And, um, remember when we did this with our discord and was like, okay, like, we changed so many things. They were like, this is, you know, we had to like pair it back and do all these things, but really just asking people. Um, the other way that we do this, and one of the things being a for-profit and for-purpose company is we hire people from our community. So people that's, you know, not everyone, but a lot of people that end up working with us actually were a part of our community. And that's another way that we can stay true and authentic to who our community is, right? And so, um, for example, we have two college age, college going students that do a lot of things with us for collegiate. Cause the thing is that you can have an idea, but I'm not in college anymore. Um, no, I'm just joking. Um, I love, I, you know, a great time, great time, but I'm not. And so why would I, why I can definitely have, I have my lived experience. I have experienced a lot of things, but I also need to know from the group that we are seeking to support, like what that looks like. And so we tend to hire from within our community as well. Um, a great deal. And I, I recommend that for any, or any company hire people that are from your community. They're one, usually the biggest advocates for you. And they came there for a reason. And two, um, um, they represent the, you know, the group that you are seeking to to serve and support. Um, right. So, yeah. And then I think the other big thing, one, just as a founder, and, and this is for me, Heather, Laura, Rebecca, we're just really honest about who we are, right? Like, the thing is that I... It's so funny. I am a gamer. We had to acknowledge that. I, I came in, though, with this as like, I'm not because I hadn't really been playing video games for a, a good amount of time. Right. And I think that that's the other part of this. It can ebb and flow. You can still right. be a gamer and have a period of time where you don't play games. Mm-hmm. Right. Like it just it's it's just like anything else. Right. Um, and so being just true to who I am. And I always lead with that. I'm a black girl and I need to make sure that black girls get seen in the things that we do as the game hearse, right? And so that's a part of who I am, right? Um, and each of us being authentic to who we are so that we can also bring that bring that to the fore. So I think you can't be, um, it's not just about your community, it's about who you are as a part of your community as well and bringing your true self. Yeah, no, absolutely. I love it. Um, so I, just because I'm curious and, you yeah, know, yeah. this, there are things that there's still so much that I need to learn, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> as the times mm-hmm. and things evolve around us. Um, we're all pretty familiar with some of the issues that women face in gaming and esports, but what new or unique challenges face femme identifying gamers? Um, mm-hmm. You know, what do people need to know? Yeah. How can they advocate? So I think that I'm going to name 
the things that I think you would not visibly see, right? We could talk about pay gap. We could talk about people like, you know, harassing them, all of that. I think the things that we don't see visibly, and especially with competitors, um, okay. is the, I, it's a term called psychic burden that they have to bear it, while they are doing the thing that they're doing. So if they're, while they're playing competitively. And that is all of the psychological things that they're having to deal with and think about that you will never necessarily see. So whether that's, um, somebody says something offhand, right? And it's just like, just you're told to, it's part of the game, right? Mm -hmm. But it's not, it's, and it's not, you're not thinking as hard about what that meant if you have not encountered it every day, every lobby you went into, every time that you played someone saying like, is that a girl or trying to get you on a date or, um, you know, the favorite, go make me a sandwich, like whatever it is, mm -hmm. just because that person is not um, visually expressing distress does not mean that they are not in distress. And Absolutely. that is really important, right? And it, what that means is that coaches need to be communicating and, and, and creating a space where they can openly talk about what's going on for them. And also noticing maybe some of the subtle things that might be happening. Um, are they getting up later? Are they, you know, are they late? Are they getting there actually extra early because they're like, let me do all this stuff before anybody gets here. Paying attention to those things. So that's one thing that I will name and that that happens a lot, I think, for, um, for for women and i think it will also happen for anybody that is not of the majority group right so this could happen for somebody based right. on their race or ethnicity this could happen for some you know all of those things but that's one thing that i would say um and i think the other is that it is okay if a woman does not want to participate in a woman only anything mm. just like you had said before we are not monolithic and so just because you know we are in time where we need to put shine a light on and actually like do things to elevate. But don't be upset if a woman's like, no, that's not how I get down. I only want to do co-ed. Mm -hmm. Okay. Don't it's, it's, you know what I mean? It doesn't mean you're doing quote unquote anything wrong. And it doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with right. that person. I just think that mm -hmm. they're always, I think there's always trying to put us into these little boxes of how we're supposed to show up. And I, and I just think that that's not okay. What your job is, I think, as an esports organization, as a team, as um, all those things, is to create a safe a space for every single human that's going to be on your team. And that means that they get to be themselves, right? Um, so mm -hmm. those are two things that I would raise up. The just because it doesn't look that way, it doesn't mean that they're not going through some type of distress and like some type of like anxiety and a burden of being the only. And also don't let them be the only. Like, why are you right. doing that? Why are we doing that anymore? Why are we doing mm -hmm. that, right? Like you don't have, it doesn't have to be the case. And then um, and then the second is let, let women, let the women tell you, ask them, talk to them what they want and what they need, what we want and what we need. Just ask mm -hmm. us. Like that's just like so it's like so simple. But <laughs> I think the most complicated right? thing. it's like the most complicated thing, but it's so simple. Like, why are you not just right? And I do, and I say that sometimes, like bring together, like if you've got some women in your organization, like bring them together and talk to them. Like what's working for you here? What's not working for you here? Instead of coming mm -hmm. up with some whole program and then they and you're mad at them because they don't want to go. Mm-hmm. They're going to be like, because you didn't talk to us. It's not exactly what we said. It's just like, I mean, I'm going to like a tangent. It's just like Juneteenth being a national holiday. We're like, that ain't what we asked for. Black folks ain't asked for that. We asked for that. It's thank you, but that is so not what we asked for. You are so right. Oh my goodness. <laughs> no, and that's an excellent point, you know, um, that, there, there's been a number of my colleagues that refuse to do anything that is branded like women in diversity or women in business mm -hmm. or women in that because it's just like me being a woman is such a small part of my greater narrative of my experiences of, of who I am and what I have to offer. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. You know, so that's that's a very valid point. And I think that when we focus too much, it's like I've gotten invitations that were terrible fits for the speaking engagement or the role and it's like did, did you even look at my linkedin did you even do anything you just saw a black woman and it was like hey she's great for that i don't know anything about investment banking why are you asking <laughs> me to be on this panel <laughs> you know, it's, 
so there's a there's there's definitely oh that God, as that's well. Hilarious. But yeah, yeah. And why? <laughs> and I, I say this a lot. People, you know, when I think about the future and like what it what it will look like when we um, when this is not needed, because don't get me wrong, I actually think we have to have the women only because there are. Mm -hmm. I think you know, I say eighty twenty rule. I think like eighty percent of women do want that space where they can like do all the things and not have the psychic stuff that I'm talking about that burden. But I think that when I go to a summit or an event and. 50% of every speaker, it doesn't matter what the panel is, that the that it's going to be that there are women there, that there are like, let's, and I'm going to just talk about women specifically. I think there's a whole bunch of other groups, but when I see that, then I'll know, okay, great. We're getting there because the thing is that you can, we are, we, we are there. You can find us. No conference should take place. There should never be a panel within this industry that has all men on it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Riddle me that, Batman. Like, how is that possible? We are literally half the earth. I'm sorry. Like, just like they tried to find you for that investment banking, they could find us for all these things. At least half. It's just, it's, it doesn't, it's not. And, and then, and then it won't feel so like, oh, like when you do have the women in gaming panel, I do that in a setting where it's all, where I know that even I'll go other places and then we, and there you will find us. Or the one exactly. that is about, um, I don't know, in finding investors for your esports team and you have all women on the panel, then I'll be like, boom. Okay, mm -hmm. that's a place where I know that you kind of get this, right? And so I think it's just that it goes back to what you were saying before. We are not a monolith. And so you have to actually approach us as such. And at the same time, we're at a place where the playing field needs to be leveled because the playing field has not been level. And there, are, these two things can coexist. Sometimes people think it's like either or. It's not. You can do both and. You can do both and. No, nope, you're exactly right. And, you know, it, it's, it definitely takes a little bit more effort, right? You know, it to does. go outside of your normal contacts or, that you know, hey, do you know somebody? Oh, yeah, I know a person. You know, it exactly. takes more effort, you know, to go mm -hmm. outside of what you know to find new talent, new voices. But it's so worth it. <laughs> it's so worth so, like it. I can't, I can't express how, how worth it it is only because... It, it extends, well, it doesn't extend, it, it shows that you're, you're committed, you know, to yeah. making this change and mm -hmm. no meaningful change happens without sacrifice. And whether that's time exactly. or resources, um, yep. stepping outside of your comfort zone, you know, it's yep. necessary in order to advance, you know, the overall industry. So Agreed. speaking of industry, um, so gamers, you know, you have streamers, you have your professional boot camp. Um, I'm curious, has any of the, your community members, like, trans, like, come into the world of esports? Like, mm -hmm. what kind of success stories and interesting anecdotes can you share there? This is a good one. I don't know if I have enough success stories. I think that people are just grateful that we're talking about it. And I do think yeah. that this is a question I need to find out from our community. I can say for those that end up working with us, I can say we've had, like, one or two that have said definitely it has helped them to um, get an in into a different company or something like that. And we want to track this more. I think that right now we're at the phase of one just broadening you know opening the gates honestly right like so if that term gatekeeper is one that anyone's familiar with we're just like yes open all the gates open all the gates like that's what we're like let's open all the gates oh that's like i feel like that's the that's the mode that's our mode right now mm -hmm. um so that it's like just like come on in come on in and now we're you know now figuring out who like kind of gets through that the one space that i feel like um there's there's traction is around our collegiate space. And so we have a collegiate division. We have about 90, 70 to 90 schools that have signed on. And what that means is they sign our code of conduct and they, they've agreed that um, they wanna create a space where um, where women know that this is like a, a, either an esports team or club or gaming club on your campus that, that you can feel more safe at. And one, one data point is that at one of the colleges, the year before, the year that they signed on, um, they saw like something like a 30% increase in the number of girls that came out to join their esports team, esports club. Awesome. And that's huge because the thing is that, yeah. right, like... Um, when you think about on campus, and I can't remember who it was that I talked to, I was on a panel with someone and they said this whole thing about one of the things that they did on campus is when everyone's coming on, um, it's, you know, coming, I don't know, welcome back. I don't know what the word is, but they're 
the mm-hmm. fall, the, the spring, you're coming on oh, campus. Um, yeah, welcome orientation back. Welcome to orientation. Thank you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. When it's like orientation and they're like, everyone's getting into their dorms and stuff. They just set up a table. They set up different tables. Each of them like went to different parts on campus and literally just asked everyone as they walked in, Hey, do you play video games? Hey, do you play video games? Hey, do you play video games? And I was like, see, like, that's like huge because it's not like join the esports team. It's not, uh, right. we have a gaming club. It's asking a very simple question that then is an entree because this is where you'll have, you know, more people saying, yeah, I do. And mm-hmm. maybe I just play casually. Maybe I want to, maybe I am a girl who thought about it, but no one ever asked me. So I'm not going to go pursue that. So I just think that in the collegiate space, it's about um, one, pulling girls out of their dorm rooms and out of all those spaces and playing games with um, in an organized way, because that is a pathway all the way down to middle school, quite frankly, into mm-hmm. STEM and into careers. And now into, I can actually work in the gaming industry. Um, and maybe I can be a competitive esports player. Maybe I can be a shoutcaster, like those types of things that I think are really important. Um, and so I feel like within those spaces is where we're right now that we've like just opened all the gates. We're starting to kind of get these like little bits of data points that we do we do see something happening. Yeah, no, that's that's great. And um, I love that approach. Just it don't overcomplicate it. Don't be like, <laughs> do you want to... GoPro, you know, in Fortnite. No, it's like, I don't, I don't know. Maybe it sounds great. I don't know how to get there. You know, instead, just Just, do you play? Do you play? What what are you playing right now? Exactly. That's so simple. Such a simple question. And I I love the way that, um, you know, competitive gaming is evolving to include other kinds of titles outside of the big AAA ones. I think it's a couple years old. I don't even know if they do it anymore, but there was a Stardew Valley esports tournament, you know, Mm -hmm. and it was just like, Mm -hmm. it was multiplayer. It was the most wholesome thing I've ever seen in my entire life. I'm like, it's going to be exciting. It's going to be exciting to see. I think we had a really, really cool moment. Uh, I had read recently too, that the, um, the Olympics is considering esports. I know. I like it. Can you imagine? Mm-hmm. I, I can't. And I can't wait. I couldn't have yeah. imagined it. If you had said that to me, I would have been like, no, no way. Never going to happen. No, for real. If you would have told me I'd be working in esports, I'd be like, just get out. What are you even talking about? What are you talking about? What are you talking about, Willis? <laughs> Stop lying. Stop lying. Stop lying. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, this hour has flown by, but I still got some more questions. So I'm going to try and okay. squeeze them in. So <laughs> I, I'm going to try and squeeze them in real quick. So I um, love the juxtaposition of one do and one don't. So for organizations who are looking to start or evolve women's programming, what is one thing they should do? Absolutely. And what is one thing that they should avoid at all costs? I think we. I think there's a trend that we've talked about a little bit. So the first mm-hmm. one do is talk to listen to and believe the women already in your organization. Now, if you don't have any, then whoa, like we, you need to like, just reevaluate your whole life. And I'm not even <laughs> trying to be funny, right? But honestly, no, that's, so real. Like, that's <laughs> the do. The first thing, the first thing you have to do is talk to the women that already are in your ecosystem, eco, ecology, echo, I always say it wrong, within your organization. That's number one, do it, talk to them. I think sometimes people rush to the solutions because they're actually scared of what they're gonna hear from oh, yes. the, the people that they want to support. And in this instance, women. So then they just rush off and they, you know, I don't know, decide this is what we're gonna do for women because I saw this other company did it, right? So that's the first, do, 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 talk to the women within your organization. If you don't think that they're gonna feel comfortable with you, then bring another woman in. There are lots of women who do this work, bring them in to talk to them and gather that data first and foremost. Um, And the one don't, I think that the biggest don't is around, um, it's connected to don't think that you have the answer. Don't think that you are the only one to, you know, like you know what a woman needs. Don't, don't, mm-hmm. don't do that. Um, and connected to that is don't see us as one thing, woman. So what's happening right now, I think in this space, um, is that women, and I'm seeing a lot of white women actually taking up space within what it means to, to do DEI work, 
And I'm not saying that women are not suffering um, in a certain way because they are women or white women are. I think that the intersectionality of women mm -hmm. is nothing to not include and not think about. And if you can have women in your organization or that are leading these efforts that are at this at the cross of these intersections, you are you're going to be better served. That's that's just what I want to say. And that um, mm -hmm. so we are not a monolith and you need to consider the intersections that are women and that just because there's a woman doesn't mean that that woman is actually going to be able to represent what you want represent it it just says you know like find and be true to that so i think i said what i i think i gave two or seven <laughs> two seven eight it doesn't matter it's all gems here i love it um so one thing that i love to ask you know is i'm constantly inspired by um the new roles and organizations and jobs and college majors that are popping up everywhere. Mm -hmm. Like there's stuff that you can go to school for now that never existed when I was in school. And I'm like, I low key want to go back to school to major in that. I mean, even though I am in the industry already, that mm -hmm. sounds dope. Like, mm -hmm. so right. if was that young... when I needed it, right. You know, but you know, <laughs> it's okay. Y'all enjoy it. Y'all enjoy. <laughs> um, if a young woman aspires to do what you do, so co-founder of Gamers, co-founder of 45 Lemons, what advice would you give her? The first is you, you are everything that you need to be, and it is your job to go out and be that thing in all of the places that you want to be. Um, I think don't don't try to hide yourself. Don't think that you're not, you know, your ideas are brilliant. It doesn't mean you don't have things to learn. We all do. Um, the thing is that if someone had told me younger to lean into being more of who I am, I would be probably here sooner. So lean into more of who you are. If you are, you know, if you are quirky, if you're awkward, if you are like super into makeup and you want to find a way to put fashion into whatever you do, do it. Um, that that would be really the biggest thing. I think too often, um, particularly as women, we are we are told to kind of dampen or like hide, uh, dim dim our shine. Do not do that. Do not in any way do that. I think the other thing that I would say is if you if you love something and just hone your craft. Um, so I, you know, I am a storyteller. I love writing. I love photography. I love the arts. And I bring that into a lot of what I do. But I studied those things and not necessarily in school. Right. So my degrees are in human communication, middle school education and um, um, politics and education is my master's, right? So that's like a field of stuff that I've studied and I have a degree that says that I did those things, but there's a whole bunch of other things that I love and I adore. And I just do that on my own. I studied that. I, you know, I've taken photographs for album covers. Like I've done all those things because I love that. And I have, um, I just think anything that you love, just study it and do it and keep doing it, right? Like just be on your grind about that. Um, think, yeah, that, that's all I'll say. Um, yeah, those are my gems for younger, younger folks. And, and also don't try to be, yeah, don't, don't, um, you don't need to do what I do, do what you're going to do in the world. <laughs> and I think that because I, I just do, I just, I believe in abundance. I believe that it just because someone else is, um, has a podcast doesn't mean that your podcast isn't going to be just as dope. Just right. because someone, just because I founded the gamers doesn't mean that you're not going to be able to found your own company that's going to do something that elevates and applies women. And it goes to what um, Kat was saying before, like we don't, every single one of us doesn't have to have the one solution. It's a collective web where we all are solving for something and we, you know, collectively we will get there. So don't, don't seek to do what I do, seek to do what it is that's going to be your, um, your, your hotness because it's there. Absolutely. I love that advice. That I feel like you're speaking to me. It's like, oh, Florida. oh how did you know? I needed that today. Hey, I'm, so glad. Ah, I'm so glad. All right. So if you could go back in time to when you founded Gamers, what advice would you give yourself on your first day of that journey? The advice that I would give myself if I were able to go back in time is 
I think it, I said it before, you can't do it all and you can't please every single person. So don't worry about that. Um, and it's so interesting because I kind of like always know that about myself in general. I'm always like, I'm not everybody's cup of tea. Like everybody got their own, like, their own flavor of sauce, but sometimes it's hard to remember that. And I would just remind myself of that. You don't have to do it all. You can't do it all and you're not going to please everyone. So go forth and, and, and do the things. Um, yeah, that's, that's, that's what I would say to myself. Oh, I love it. That's fantastic. This whole episode has been fantastic. Every time I, I'm like, oh, this is my favorite episode, and then it's like, nope, dang it! Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love I it. You're bringing on so many. You're bringing on so many awesome people. That that says a lot about who you are, Cap. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. It's <laughs> this is like uh, nourishment for me. It's it's good therapy, listening and learning mm -hmm. and connecting. I love it. So. Thank you, Verda, so, so much for your time today. We really appreciate all of the wonderful insight and perspective that you've brought to the show. I mean, you talk about like a bunch of action items. Like you can't say this was a fluff <laughs> podcast episode. Like you should already be like, yep, I got to do that. Haven't been doing this. I'm going to start doing this, you know, and it's with an organization that's done some wonderful, wonderful work in this space. So um, for those that are listening, how can people support gamers support you um and keep connected like yeah what can they do um well i think the biggest thing is go find our app it's really hard name the gamers app lahaha <laughs> joking it's on on android and it's on um, ios uh, it's only us right now but go download our app and like come and rock with us in our community i'd say that would be the first thing to do and then just find us in all the places right we're all over we're on all of the you know all the social medias and all of that i think those would be the biggest ways to support us we are um, we're, we're currently fundraising so if you know people that you know that are interested in supporting women-led um, companies you know send them our way absolutely well you heard it folks so definitely go check them out on social if you tuned in late you need to restart this episode and listen to the <laughs> <laughs> and of course be sure to check out all of the wonderful guests we had in season two season one and season two and uh, our last episode with Sari as well. So Verda, again, thank you so much for your time thank today. You. Thank you everybody who tuned in and has been along with us, whether this is your first episode or your 10th, 11th, you've been with us the whole time. We appreciate you tuning in and we'll see you next time. Mm -hmm.